Montana Middle, your podcast for Montana politics. I'm your host, Dan West. Joining me for this episode are two young men who are leading the college Republicans and Democrats at Montana State University in Bozeman, Justin Hodges and Richard Wagner. Uh, The fact that both of them agreed to come on the show at the same time fits really well with the spirit of this podcast. But before getting to our conversation, a quick word about our sponsor, the Montana Mint and the DC Update. In its quest to bring the best of Montana to the internet, the Montana Mint supports this podcast. Together, we are striving to make Montana politics more accessible for all Montanans. To keep up with interesting Montana news, check out the Montana Mint at www.montana-mint.com and subscribe to their newsletters about Montana sports and politics. And check out their Montana sports podcast called Montana Mint Sports. Here's the DC update. Congress is back from recess, and each member of Montana's congressional delegation has been focusing on slightly different topics. In a recent Senate Commerce Committee hearing, John Tester grilled a man who owned a robocall company. You've probably all had some experience with robocalls. Well, Congress is finally getting around to addressing it as an issue. Here's Tester. First of all, Mr. Abramovich, if you didn't want to draw attention to yourself, you should have sent back the request that the chairman made and answered the questions. And you potentially would not have been here today. And you would not have the cameras focused on you. Second of all, if you don't think 2% is a lot, that's twice the population that lives in Montana, 2 million people that you hit. Third of all, if I want to buy something, I'll call you. Don't call me. Steve Daines introduced and passed a bipartisan resolution establishing this week, April 21st through the 29th, as National Park Week and making all national parks free for the public on April 21st. In related news, Interior Secretary and former Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke announced National Park's entrance fees will increase by $5 starting in June, with additional increases happening later on in 2020. This is a step back from his original proposal of doubling entrance fees, which was highly unpopular. Over in the House, Greg Gianforte gave a speech celebrating Tax Day and the new tax reform bill that took effect this year. Mr. Speaker... I rise today to mark Tax Day 2018. I do not make it a habit of celebrating Tax Day, but this year is different. Tax Day 2018 is the last time the American people will have to file their taxes under a complex, outdated tax code. The new tax code lowers the tax rate for every Montanan. The reduced rates are creating larger paychecks. A teacher in Billings told me her take-home pay has gone up $1,500 a year. The new tax code provides relief to Montana families. By doubling the child tax credit, parents will have more money to buy their children clothes, diapers, and food. Today, I'm celebrating Tax Day 2018 because we're putting that old anti-growth tax code out to pasture. In its place, a new, simpler tax code that cuts rates for all Montanans, helps families, and is growing our economy, leading to more jobs and higher wages. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I yield back. That's it for the D.C. update. Now here's my conversation with the presidents of the college Republicans and Democrats at MSU Bozeman. 
Okay, for this week's episode of the Montana Middle, we have kind of a new format. We have two guests on the show, and they are both uh, college students at Montana State University. One of them is Justin Hodges. He's the president of the College Republicans, and Richard Wagner, who's the president of the College Democrats. Justin and Richard, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. I really respect what you guys are doing, keeping Montana students engaged with politics. So it's great that you're on, and, and I really like the fact that you came on together. It really fits with, with kind of the spirit of the show. So let's just start with a little background about yourselves. Uh, what made you want to attend MSU Bozeman and, and be involved in politics? All right, well, um, I'm Justin Hodges, first off, um, and I guess I'll kick it off. So uh, I came to MSU, and I applied to like 10 other schools around. I'm originally from Michigan, um, and came out here and did a tour, um, just kind of on a whim, and it really felt like home. I, I just absolutely love Montana. I love the culture. I love the people. I uh, love everything about it. So so happy, so fortunate to be here. Um, and then politics, I guess, uh, you know, I started out, I, I, <laughs> I was going through my Facebook page the other day and, and realized that this is this has not been just a recent obsession. This is... Uh, this goes like 10 years back. Uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd done the whole, you know, complaint on Facebook and, you know, you're bickering at people and talking to your friends and all that stuff. And I got to a point where I was like, well, you know, I want to make an actual difference. I don't want to just uh, keep complaining. So um, decided to step in with college Republicans and uh, work my way up. And now we're uh, here. Great. And, and what about you, Richard? Um, well, I came to MSU to basically start a new life away from the coast and immediately fell in love with here. Um and, you know, I just immediately fell in love with the mountains and Bozeman and couldn't really leave it again. And, you know, getting into politics, I guess I could say it started as early as seven when my mother took me to an anti-rock war rally. Got really serious in, you know, mid-2015 as the uh, primary started heating up and, you know, also kind of got this idea that I didn't want to just be sitting, watching on Facebook and just casting a vote. I wanted to be actively working to, you know, help those out that I believed in. And so at that, I sought out college Democrats and worked as much as I could with them. And well, like Justin said, here we are. It sounds like you guys actually have kind of uh, parallel paths. And, and here we are, yeah, together at the same point in time. So it's it's uh, politics that, that actually brought us together, and, and that's kind of fun. Uh, so what about your – talk a little bit more about your, your academics. What year are you guys – what are you studying? So uh, I'm studying political science. I'm a, I'm a junior, um, you know, getting ready to finish up junior year here. So I'm studying political science with a focus in pre-law as well as policy and a secondary major in German. And then I have absolutely nothing to do with politics. I'm studying uh, mechanical engineering uh, and then mining in aerospace. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, uh, you know, NASA doesn't have an administrator right now, so... Hey, there we go. Could you guys just provide, a, you know, a brief overview of each of your student groups? Like, how are you organized? How often do you meet? What are some of the events you have you have planned and, and maybe some of the events you've done in the past year? Um, so, College Republicans, um, we're registered through the student organizations here. We meet every single Wednesday, 5 p.m., JABS 103. Um what else do we have? Um, oh, events. Okay, so uh, our biggest recent event was we hosted the U.S. Senate primary debate for Republican candidates here at Montana State, and that went really well. Um, we we're really fortunate all the candidates came out and uh, 
had a, had a really good uh, banter between them. So um, so that was a big one. And then in the future, we're, we're currently fundraising for Ben Shapiro. We're about halfway there. Um, still pushing a little bit, but hopefully that'll be within the next year. And then um, on the very near horizon, in I think a week or two, we're doing our Second Amendment Day, which is uh, where the local bunch of rednecks go out and uh, – and get as many guns and people as we can and go <laughs> shoot for a day. Nice. All right. What about you, Richard? Um, so similar to that, you know, we're also a campus organization, um, you know, also affiliated with the, you know, a, a state federation. Um, you know, I know I think similar to the college Republicans as well. Um, and, you know, we also meet every week on Wednesdays um, here on campus. And, you know, in terms of events, we, have spent most of this school year working on rebuilding our numbers and, you know, reestablishing ourselves. Um, you know, college Dems went down a little bit in numbers after uh, spending the 2016-2017 school year campaigning a lot. Um, so, you know, we've been spending mostly stuff like that, doing meet and greets with the United States House um, candidates, attempting to challenge, or, you know, that are going to be challenging Greg Gianforte uh, this November. Um, so just working a little bit with them, getting to know them and doing activities with them. Um, and in the future, you know, we're looking to definitely do a lot of work with, uh, you know, Senator Tester and really support his efforts here in Bozeman as well as around the state to, you know, really help, you know, Senator Tester get reelected for 2018. Um, yeah, you know, so that and, you know, then we're hoping to, uh, Maybe somewhere down the road, partner up with the college Republicans here and maybe host a, a, a general Senate debate um, for, you know, once we get closer and everyone has their nominees. That's great. Uh, you should definitely let me know if you guys get that organized. Um, it'd be great to make me bring you back on the show after that. Um, OK, so, yeah, it sounds like, again, your groups are, are kind of similar. You know, they're, they're just uh, two sides of the same coin, really. But. Go, let's let's talk about issues now. So, you know, to each of you guys, what do you think are the most important Democratic and Republican issues to to Montana State University students? They might not necessarily be the same ones, but maybe they are too. Um, I think, particularly with our group, uh, one of the big issues that we see is uh, free speech on campus. Uh, we've got a few people who are really heavily dedicated and really invested in it, and they've been working really hard to make sure that we can revise some of our free speech code to hopefully allow for uh, a little bit better discussion on campus. Um, and then to um, Second Amendment issues, and being in particularly in Montana, um, a lot of our members are really, uh, really big pro-campus uh, carry, so um, that's something they've been pushing for, too. So probably the two big ones for us. Okay, First Amendment and Second Amendment. That's uh, pretty straightforward. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, I guess I'll claim the other 25 then. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, no, um, you know, for college dams, I think the, the big issues, um, at least the way I've seen them, has been, you know, healthcare is definitely a massive one uh, here for the students. Um, kind of working on, you know, especially on college campuses around the country, you know, there was kind of a, you know, a, a Bernie fever um, that kind of swept over and, you know, that really raised healthcare to the eyes for a lot of college students, as well as taxes, um, you know, tax crediting towards graduate school programs has been a pretty big one. Um, and then also, I guess, uh, you know, also Second Amendment, um, you know, I guess, likely from a little bit different of an angle. Um, and of course, you know, not trying to really infringe on that, you know, still trying to, you know, 
you know, not trying to take that away or anything, but, you know, also, you know, keep it, um, you know, safe here in Montana as well, you know, try and, I guess, the democratic side of the second amendment uh, sure. as we kind of on the national level as well. Sure. I guess from that side, they would refer to it as common sense gun, gun control or gun reform. Precisely. But, but Precisely. yeah, I, I know what you're trying to get at. You, you, you're being delicate about it. So that that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Justin, I hope you're not offended. And you're willing to finish the phone call with us. Okay, good. <laughs> um, well, that's really interesting. So actually, I, I was expecting you guys to, to bring up, at least one of you guys to bring up student debt reform and access to education because you guys are there on campus. I mean, are do your members talk about those issues? Are, are, is that important to them? I think, yeah, for Democrats, it really is. Um, I, I think it's... I don't think I really brought it up because mostly I think the talking points behind it, you know, like kind of the narrative uh, on a mainstream basis, you know, being brought up daily on, um, you know, on media sites and, you know, social media, it, it it's kind of subsided a little bit. Um, you know, it's definitely sunk down a little bit since, you know, let's say last spring after, you know, following the new administration's uh, confirmation hearings and all that, you know, it, it still definitely plays a big part of it. And it's played a big role in how a lot of the U S house candidates are pitching as well now. Um, and, you know, I'm sure it'll also spring forward again in the narrative and, you know, discussion once we see the uh, you know the new tax bill go into effect for fiscal year nineteen, I believe, but it it doesn't. I, I don't seem to hear quite as much of it um, right now, which you know it is fairly surprising because it is really one of those cornerstone issues that you know we always want to look at is you know providing you know affordable and just complete access to anyone that. Uh, you know, that wants to go to university. Yeah, certainly. And I think we see it from our side too, you know, um, a lot of folks are, are irritated with the cost of education. And I think the best way to increase the access to education uh, is to make it more affordable. So, um, you know, and regardless of what means that we end up doing that, I know, you know, maybe Richard, I have a little bit of a different plan on getting there, but I think, I think that's a universal theme that, you know, the, the best way to make education accessible is to make it more affordable exactly and i think both of our groups can definitely agree that the less student debt that we get into by the time we get our diplomas ultimately the better certainly <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> yeah. well it's kind of like healthcare. you know i think it's one of those those systems or institutions in our country that is so complex and and um it, it it's so it touches so many people's lives, you know, it's something that everyone is involved in. It's, it's really hard to find kind of a silver bullet solution. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I wasn't expecting you guys to, to solve the student debt crisis here on this <laughs> phone call, but um, yeah, that's interesting though. Um, okay. Well, so let's, let's flat fast forward to you guys are, you guys are leaving for the summer. Then you're coming back in the fall. Like you're not, you're not graduating this year. Um, so what's your plan between now and then? I know it's kind of a, there's a gap there, but how are you guys going to get more students to vote in November? Yeah, I think, um, and particularly with our groups, the the summer is always a huge logistical challenge because, you know, you have, and where we are too, I think over 50% of students here are not from Montana. So a strong majority of them will return to their homes or go work on internships. So, um, 
keeping our organization strong over the summer is, is so important and so crucial. So we, we've implemented, uh, we do bi-weekly meetings in the summer over phone. Um, and we also plan a big retreat at the end of the summer uh, with hopes of getting new freshmen and uh, anyone interested. And then hopefully we can get them in, get them interested in the political cause, and then uh, get them to vote come November. Yeah, and, you know, for us, we, you know, also face the same issue. Um, you know, it, it's tough when, you know, the other 10,000 of the students go home for the summer. Um, but, you know, for summer, we usually kind of wind things down a little bit. Um, we still try and put out regular emails and keep in contact with all of our members as much as possible. It's usually during the summer that our new, um, you know, chapter executive teams kind of, take over and start formulating, um, you know, strategy basically for the next year. And that's going to be kind of one of the biggest ones for, you know, the team coming up here, uh, you know, once we transition over to a new executive board for Bozeman is to, you know, they're going to have to spend a lot of their summer working on a new strategy for the fall. But I think mostly we're going to stick with the tried and true methods that we've been working on, which is, you know, um, advertising like we no other in the fall, and then also just spending as many days as possible that it's not windy, raining, or snowing, as in this morning. Um, <laughs> you know, out on the mall with, uh, you know, with clipboards. Um, you know, with uh, voter registration and pledge sheets and information for, you know, anyone that anyone that's interested or anyone that will you know really listen to. You know, make sure that they understand how important midterm elections are, um, you know, can be arguably more important than uh, than generals. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's hard to keep the the voter, the voting age population engaged. I, it, I heard a quote somewhere that the, the garden of our democracy requires constant tending and and you guys are right there doing it with, yeah. with the newest little sprouts. So, yeah. so yeah. good on you guys. Well, I, I guess I kind of glossed over in the last question, you know, we went straight to the general, but again, like this logistical challenge of the summer, are you guys trying to get students to vote in the primary? I mean, what's that like for you? Yeah, certainly. And I think on our end, especially with this, the center race coming up, uh, you know, we've had all of our members, well, a strong majority of our members have sat down um, individually with the candidates. Um, so I think, I think they all have the information and they're all prepared to make a good decision come, uh, primary time. So, mm-hmm. but, but a lot of them might be out of the state, right? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. I guess they could vote absentee though, if they register. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, maybe you'll just wrap it up with a final question. What are you guys' plans for the summer? Um, well, I'm going back to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I'm working at a uh, subsurface mining truck manufacturer called Getman. Um, I'll be doing new product development and uh, industrial design. And um, I just accepted a internship position working in Senator Tester's Washington, D.C. office. Oh, good for you guys. Um, okay, so you've been so good about answering your questions. I, I've run out, but I, I do want to keep keep asking you guys some questions because it is really fun talking with you. So I, I want to ask another one. All right. Do you guys plan to run for public office yourself someday? Uh, well, I just gave it a shot, man. And, um, didn't work out so well. So, uh, <laughs> wait, what do you mean? So, uh, well, I just ran for student body president. Um, and we came in a little short. Um, but man, I have so much 
for uh, politicians. It's a it's a heck of a job. It's a so um, yeah. I don't I don't see myself doing that again. Uh, you know, a lot of politicians have have had unsuccessful runs before they 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 win their first one. So yeah, I, I'd encourage you to I don't think it'll be me. keep keep the door open. I don't know. You got plenty of time. And uh, myself, no, I really don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think I'd much rather stay behind this. And I, I enjoy working in a corner on policy. You know, I, I don't really like all the attention. <laughs> you guys are funny. Okay, all right. So you guys are kind of just you're you're more like the the puppeteers, like in there we go in the background pulling the strings. Still important, uh, important roles. Yep. Well, you guys, thank you so much for coming on. You've been my first uh, joint interview, and it's 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 really heartening to get uh, you know a Democrat and a Republican on, especially young ones. Um, I know the listeners are gonna love this, so. Once again, th- thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, <laughs> Those guys were great, and I'm so glad they both came on the show at the same time. I should probably get them on the show again, maybe when they come back after the summer. The last word clip for this episode is a tribute to Montana Senator John Melcher who passed away recently at the age of 93. Senator Melcher was known for his balanced approach to policy and his ability to bridge progressive and conservative divides. He supported environmental causes and was also pro-life and was a supporter of prayer in school. As a member of the Senate Agriculture Committee, he devoted himself to policies to help Montana farmers, like crop subsidies and foreign trade. I found an old C-SPAN clip of him discussing the 1986 Farm Bill. I'll play just the beginning of it for you and leave the link on the website in case you'd like to hear all of it. But it gives you a good idea of how knowledgeable he was on the subject. And with a new Farm Bill coming up soon this year, I think it provides some nice perspective. Senator John Melcher, Democrat from Montana. You are a member of the Senate Agriculture Committee, and as such, you're one of the conferees now working on the Farm Bill. Can you give us some idea the status of the farm bill? Well, the conference is slow. It, uh, we met today and we'll meet tomorrow. There are about 19 different titles uh, to the farm bill and we've uh, gotten through two of them. The one we did today was on conservation. It was a good stroke of business doing one, but we d- did not meet this afternoon. I trust we'll meet in the morning. Hopefully we'll get to two-a-day session, so we start making some headway that says we might get done in a week or so. What do you anticipate will be the most difficult issues for the uh, conferees? Well, there are three very difficult issues uh, that have divided us off and on. Well, still divided on it, I guess. Nobody, if we're unanimous, we we wouldn't have to discuss it. Uh, We're split on a target price. Uh, whether they should be continued at the present level for two years, three years, or four years. Uh, those are the options just on that. Uh, we're split on how much savings or reduction there should be in expenditure on the dairy program. And uh, overall, 
I hope we're not split, but uh, it's still an item in what the total cost of the bill will be, for, particularly for the commodity programs. Um, let's talk about the dairy program a little bit. You say that there seems to be an agreement that it has to be reduced. What do you think the numbers are going to look like uh, in terms of that reduction? Well, the House looks at it uh, like they'd like to reduce the number of cows being milked. And they're correct on, on that. If you can reduce the number of, since we've got a surplus of dairy uh, uh, supplies in the country that's rather large, perhaps they're right on that. Uh, the Senate would approach it by reducing the price support level for the milk after you've milked the cows. House, uh, I think there will be a blending of both, uh, but uh, that, uh, that agreement hasn't been reached as of half an hour ago. Let's talk about some of the specific uh, farm products and, again, where you think the uh, conferees will, uh, will go. Let's take uh, wheat for starters. Uh, is there a difference between the House and the Senate in terms of its policy towards wheat? Well, on target prices, there is. The, uh, the House would hold the target prices at the present level, wouldn't raise them, but wouldn't lower them either uh, for the life of the bill, whether it's a three-year bill, four-year bill, or five-year bill. I suspect it'll be a four-year bill. And so they would leave the target prices for wheat, and for that matter, for feed grains, exactly where they're at. And uh, the other side of the coin is, well, what are you going to do with the surplus? I suspect the Senate does a little bit better job in, in uh, increasing exports because, after all, we're raising two-thirds of the wheat crop every year for export purposes. We're, we're not going to consume it. We, we consume so much, and that's it. The rest goes for export. Do you count yourself in that camp uh, in favor of uh, increased uh, foreign distribution of wheat? Oh, absolutely. That's the only reason for wheat farmers uh, to be planting two-thirds of their crop every year uh, because they, it, it just won't be consumed here. We've got uh, ample supplies of wheat when we reach uh, a third of an ordinary crop, which is about 700 million bushels. That's about what we're going to consume each year. And the other uh, 1.4 or 1.5 million bushels will have to find a home abroad. But there are hungry people out there. All we got to do is get it to them. And that was John Melcher discussing the Farm Bill in 1986, and it's it's sad to see him uh, leave, and I and I, I hope he he rests in peace. But it's nice to hear some of his his words in in this day and age, and in the context that we're living in now. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the Montana Middle. Thanks for listening. Outro music for this episode is provided once again by John Floridas out of Missoula. This song is called See the Light. Yeah.
light If you can see the darkness Well then you can see the light Remember, you can find the podcast at www.themontanamiddle.com on Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd appreciate it if you could write a positive review. Thanks for listening. Take Come back again and again and again and again. Every day's called easy, calling to take flight. If you can see the darkness, you can see the light. You can.